Hey friends, Amanda here. I want to take a moment to share something our podcast partner, Food for the Hungry, has set up for you, our She Reads Truth community, to encourage you during Advent. Get daily Advent scriptures texted straight to your phone every day free. Simply text FOOD to 484848 to sign up. All right, let's get to the show. Merry Christmas and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And this is our second episode in the Advent series. Y'all, Christmas is coming and Natalie Grant and Bernie Herms are joining us today, a beautiful musical power couple that we love. Um, Natalie is going to sing two songs for us in this episode, and Bernie will accompany her on piano like only Bernie Herms can do. Y'all, these two um, not only are so talented uh, musically, but they just love the Lord, and they love the Word. And this conversation brought the entire room to tears. It's one of my favorites. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Let's get right to it. So we are sitting in your living room right now. And while this is airing in the second week of December, it is not December yet. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. And your tree, first of all, is so beautiful. Thank so pretty. You. Um, and I it, keep getting distracted by but the it's ornament. Here. It's an early when did you guys put up your tree this year? So this is actually the earliest we've ever done it. It was November first. And we just kind of felt if there was ever a year for just a little bit more celebration, I think it's 2020. (laughs) We're like, we just need pretty lights and beautiful ornaments and sparkly things and (laughs) things to remind us that there's a lot of light. (laughs) It might feel dark, but there actually is a lot of light. And so we just needed something shining bright. I needed it this year, but honestly, I did marry Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Where's the white beard? Uh, I know. Well, we're joining you, us you today are Mr. and Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> There's a theological juggernaut. It's going to be a real fun one. Let's talk about that for a while. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we are always a little bit early on the Christmas decorations, but this is the earliest ever. So I think also we were in a moment of quarantine and isolation so yeah and you're like we went ahead and said you know i can't think of anything better to do right now than put up a tree that's right so you actually put the tree up when you were not just like the way that we're all quarantining right now Mm -hmm. in like a more casual way but you (laughs) were actually quarantined because you had covid yes okay both had covid and 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 we decorated because we were at this spot where the body aches had stopped (laughs) Nice. We wouldn't have been decorating. But we were finally like, okay, you know what? And it was funny because the first thing we could do, because it was a challenge is an understatement of yeah. trying to isolate from your kids yeah. when you That's can't right, have because they didn't, they were they not sick. Didn't get it. <sighs> Great job. For, I know, right? Well, wow. thank you, Lord. I feel yeah. like it's just the protection of the Lord, honestly. But, but I got it first and I was like, okay, they're still Bernie. He can hold things down and it's going to be okay. And two days later he got yeah. it and we were like, So actually the kids were rock stars. They really took care of so much and took care of each other. So 
you know, we got through and they stayed healthy. So and you guys are doing so well. That's so good. Aww. I'm so thankful. We are so grateful too, especially because one of our daughters has pretty severe asthma. So we were just like, you know, how a lot of parents probably are in this season, you go, well, I don't know if it'll end up being a serious case or a mild case, or I don't right. want to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. No. I just don't want to know how she'd react or respond. So I was like, Lord, just protect the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you it know. seems like largely that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. yeah the kids yeah. are like doing incredible with it. So in general, of course, there's a few, but I actually think you're talking about decorating. Yeah. And I feel like in a lot of ways, 2020 has been just a long advent. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about okay, that yeah. this morning. Yeah. We're like, because advent is about like tapping into, this is my paraphrase, <laughs> um, <laughs> tapping into like that longing mm-hmm. that we all mm. feel for Jesus and yeah. his arrival and like remembering that Old Testament longing because yeah. he hadn't come yet. And then the joy of his arrival and that now we're waiting again. Yes. And I just think we're so acutely aware this year mm-hmm. of the waiting yes. that like if we've ever felt stuck between two advents, yeah. And I now. think every year we all relate to the lyrics of Oh Holy Night. Yes. Like yeah. especially yes. that like a yes. thrill, of, a thrill hope. of hope. Yes. The <laughs> weary world rejoices. Yes. And every year I think we relate to it, but there's just something this year. I think that you're right. Like all of 2020 has felt like this long advent, this long yes. waiting mm-hmm. and, and we are a weary world, but yes. we do have like, yes. that is true and also true yes. and better is that we have something to rejoice about. Yeah. yeah, that's the most beautiful way I've heard somebody put 2020 yet. Actually, <laughs> that's actually like a really beautiful way to frame it. Yeah. yeah. And you're thinking it's like a long advent, yeah. but it's delivering hope. But also you're getting to the delivered promise. You're right. on your way to something that's beautiful and perfect and good. And it, yeah. I don't know, it helps you feel that thrill of hope when you don't yeah. always feel it. It doesn't change that hope is constant and steadfast, right. but we definitely don't always feel it. And yeah. I felt it a little bit less right. in 2020 <laughs> than normal. Right. But isn't <laughs> it sweet that we get to cap off the year? Yes. Like the, it all culminates here. Yes. It all culminates in the manger. And I understand, like we're under like no false assumptions that 2021 will just like flip a switch and it'll all be all better. Sadly, that's becoming clear. Yeah. Yeah, right. But this has been a year that we've really all talked about and identified and kind of labeled. And I think that it's obviously no mistake, but it's really sweet that we get to that all of the year leads us to Jesus. And this last month of the year, we get to really focus in, zero in and go like, hey, I'm going to be intentional in the Advent season in a year where it's going to look different anyway. Like I might not, like the Mm -hmm. gathering, the parties, all those traditions are kind of hurt a little bit to not get to participate the way that Mm -hmm. we're so used to participating. So it's a year that we could be tempted to kind of let it slide or not be willing to dig in maybe because it would hurt, Mm -hmm. but instead for us to come together and go, no, we need this more than ever. Yes, We need this more than ever. And let's take every day to open our Bibles and to dig into scripture and to remember why Jesus came. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what this plan is. It's this, you know, Jesus Christ was born and we take every day and we, we find why scripture tells us that he was born. And anyway, I'm so thankful for that. (laughs) I like, (laughs) do you want to know what this week's yeah, tell us, tell us our topics or not our topics, but our reasons (laughs) for this week. Jesus Christ is born to teach us how to walk in God's ways, mm, yeah. to seek and save the lost, mm. to reign as king forever, mm. 
to bring God's kingdom to earth and to defeat the enemy, to defeat yes. old scratch. We should have said defeat old scratch. <laughs> yes. I also love, so, good. so we've prearranged with our friends, Natalie and Bernie <laughs> to, we've asked if you guys would give us some music and Natalie, if you'd sing for us and Bernie, if you would play. And I love that the first song that we have is angels. We have heard on high, like yes. we're talking about this battle that we're in, but also like just that spiritual realm yes. and how it, especially apparent it was in Bethlehem and at the birth of Christ. And so it's sweet. I love that we have this day. We get to talk about <laughs> defeating the enemy. Yes. And we get this angels we have yes. heard on high. Yes. Do we just, do you want to go straight to it? Do you want to sing? It. Let's do it. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echoing their joyous strain
there's something magical that happens when you two mm. sing and play together. <laughs> So and true. so, yes, and all of Instagram knows it <laughs> because how many songs a day to keep oh, the crazies away do you think you've um, done this year? I think about 65 or 70 songs. Wow. Now, Did you have any idea? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Because <laughs> you used to do one every day. We did one every day. So what happened is we'd been on spring break, right? Yeah. And we ended our spring break coming home and realizing everyone was going into a lockdown, right? Yeah. And so it was like day two of the lockdown. And we were like, well, you know, maybe we could do like a song. I actually, I think just accidentally hashtagged a song a day keeps the crazies away because it just kind of sounded fun. Right. But I don't think I actually in thought retrospect. about the implications of a song a day. <laughs> and so we were like, oh, um, I actually just told everybody we were going to I just come here for something that I didn't mean to do that. And then we literally talked about it and we said, well, I mean, how long can it last? Like 14 days, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I could keep that up. We just didn't know. <laughs> and I don't know if it ever dawned on you, but we never talked. We never said, That's true. hey guys, how are you doing today? Yeah. And we just kind of made this decision of there's going to be a lot of noise, so we didn't want to add anything. Yeah. We're just going to like turn on our iPhone and sit down and play a song. And really, I think it was because we were in this moment of, I mean, 21 years of marriage, this is the most we've like oh, ever been together without me traveling. Mm-hmm. or, And he probably has not played the piano that much in over a decade because he's a producer. So he's right. like, I'm you doing know, everything, but everything, yeah. kind of like piano. just playing so for fun. It was know? this thing where we were really grateful that it ended up ministering to a lot of people, oh, yeah. but it really was ministering to us. Like, yeah. That's how it started was, this is how he and I started was yep. I met him. He played piano for me. Yeah. I couldn't afford a band to take on the road. So it'd just be he and I, and it was kind of like returning to like stripping everything away. So uh-huh. it was this special thing for he and I. And then we're like, Oh, people are watching this. Like, you know, they're liking this. And it was like, wait, there's like 20 million people. Wait, there's 30 million. We're like, what, what? is happening? <laughs> and they were like, Oh, I think people just are like and coming into our house with us, you know? Yeah. It just kind of continued. And, and they didn't even need the words. They just wanted this. this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's an, an iPhone. <laughs> an iPhone. Which probably right? kills some, you as a producer. At, at some point in um, April, I suggested, I know this would like not be like branding savvy, but <laughs> could we change it to a song a week or a song, uh, a, song a, a song every a once song, in a while? A song every once in a while. Because I don't know any of the songs. <laughs> I know. And you and know, we so what's really it. super cool is that it just ended up being this thing where I think you can spend so much time, which is probably a lot of what people feel with your guys' podcast. Mm-hmm. They love what you have done in creating mm-hmm. content for them to really get into God's word. But now they know you and yeah. they're like, you know what? We still want to get into God's word and we love that you do that, but we want to get into God's word with you. Yeah. We want to be like with you girls because you're our friends. And I feel like that's what happened is, well, we've always loved your music or we've listened to you this or we like the songs you write, but now we just like want to be with you guys as our friends. And yeah. I think that's when you have the opportunity to break that down. That's a different, I don't know. I kind of feel like we could probably do that forever now. And people are like, we like you with a band and everything. If you're my band is listening, I love you. And you still have jobs <laughs> at some point, but they're like, you're like, we just kind of want to hear you and Bernie. Like, can you just go back into yeah. your living room and yeah. bring us home yes. with you? <laughs> well, there's also something powerful about, okay, Currently, I'm not going to my job or my job is in jeopardy. 
I'm reading the news and it's all gloom and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden like, okay, now we got to really try hard not to get sick right. and blah, blah, blah. And all of this stuff and people are like in their sweatpants in their house and they're going, um, well, the last thing I need is some big production. Yeah. They wanted to feel like maybe there was something real that they could participate in mm-hmm. because maybe they do have a parent that they can't go see yeah. right yeah. now that has COVID or, and what happened is as we just kind of put it out there people responded also with their stories yeah and suddenly it's just like thank you for allowing me to worship with you i guess you guys are in your sweatpants and you're just in your living room (laughs) right right and so you haven't shared for a week either (laughs) yeah you know but i think that the connection point and who God brings into your world is part of the miracle like you could say from the natural like in early march oh goodness all touring is canceled. Mm-hmm. Think about the, and then just put the metric in, all these people that we're not going to see on the spring tour or on mm-hmm. the summer tours. Yeah. Wow, is our way of life even going to go away? Mm-hmm. You know, you're dealing with that, and then God says, yeah, but what do you have in your hand? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And so here, well, I guess, I remember those days when I used to play piano and you used to <laughs> sing, and, well, what if we just tried one of those, you know? And yeah. so whatever was in our hand ended up mm-hmm. reaching more that's people than something that we could have planned or produced yep. wow. or kind yeah. of like packaged up. Than any uh, arena could have held. Yeah, that's, that's right. That, so yeah. it's the miracle, it's the miracle wow. really of how God, his he agenda. Took your fishes and loaves. Yes. That's right. Fishes and loaves. Is like <laughs> yes. great, I love that analogy <laughs> yeah. to that. Because it's really more than we could have imagined. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are several, several months in, and it's the same thing. I mean, when hearing you guys sing a Christmas carol, it is worship. It's also it's the gospel. Mm. You know, it's a way of living the gospel where people can enter in. And like you said, in a unique way, I mean, music just does that. Yes. But um, Monday's reading this week, today's <laughs> reading, it's day nine of the reading plan. And it's mm. to teach us how to walk in God's ways. And so I feel like what we've done this year is that, you know, suddenly your everyday, like not the things we define ourselves Mm -hmm. with so easily, like work and like how we earn a living or, you know, the different things that we go to and are Mm -hmm. a part of, but just like what we do in the quiet is suddenly like amplified. Mm -hmm. And so I love that, like we're starting with Jesus Christ is born to teach us how to walk in God's ways that, you know, talk about fishes and loaves that God came in the form of a baby that that was his way yes. of showing the world who he is. It doesn't sound like a great plan on paper. I don't think. <laughs> like you're like yeah. a bad marketing plan. Like it doesn't sound like a great, but you know, isn't that the way God works? Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. You hear that phrase, like if you can't do teach. And yeah. I think that like, leave it to Jesus to just yeah. like mm-hmm. be the ultimate exception mm-hmm. to that because he taught by doing. Yeah. I mean, like in just such a beautiful way. And I'm grateful that the Beatitudes, this Mm. part of the Sermon on the Mount is included in an Advent reading plan. It's not like (laughs) classic Advent reading, (laughs) but as you look at it, like blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the humble. Like it's just beautiful that it's this ultimate reminder that Jesus didn't come for the excellent. He came for the lowly. Praise the Lord. And he came and in this big kingdom manifesto sermon that he gave, he says it, Yes, but he also lives it. He both does and he teaches. And my goodness, I've always loved the Beatitudes. Do you want to read read some of it? Yes. Let's do. 
Natalie, do you want to read? I would love to. Okay. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Amen. Amen. It's convicting, actually. It's really convicting even when you read it because this is the opposite life. Yes. To what this is the opposite life. Mm-hmm. This is like there's nothing more counterculture than this. Right. Like, mm-hmm. These this are not is, my hopes and dreams. This no. is at the right. opposite no. of everything that the world might Literally, celebrate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's so convicting because as I'm reading it, even I just say these are so easy to read. It's so beautiful. These are not always easy to live. No. <laughs> these yeah, are not, not easy yeah. to live. Yeah. This is when it's the daily dying to yourself. Yes. It's a choice you have to make because this is actually completely opposite life of what your flesh tells you that yeah. you should be pursuing. Yes. <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, Absolutely. I'm feeling conviction right now just reading them. Oh. Yes. And there's something about reading it aloud and hearing scripture yeah. read aloud. It just always falls in the ear differently. Honestly, I don't know if you guys know this. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever shared this, but I read scripture out loud all the time. And I tell Good. people Same. what, because yes. I'm an audible learner. Yeah. So it helps me to hear it. But mm-hmm. then I also think, again, talking about that spiritual thing that isn't meant to be mystical or magical. Mm-hmm. Right. But there is something about speaking the word out into your home, mm-hmm. out into Amen. your yes. car, out into your... Yes. Because it's in the atmosphere. And when you're speaking things, like I often think if I had a recorder running, thank you, Lord, that I actually don't in my home of the things I say that I don't even realize are leaving my lips. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, I don't realize yeah. how much I'm... That's convicting. Actually, even just the self-talk. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I don't realize how much I'm putting my own self down right. all the time or I'm questioning something or I'm questioning my... My husband or I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the constant things that you're saying that you don't even take inventory of. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, why am I not speaking the word more? So I am a big firm believer in mm-hmm. reading the word of God, even when it feels awkward at first. Yeah. If, especially if you're by yourself and you're like, I'm talking out loud kind of to myself. Yeah. And you're like, no, you're actually speaking the word. And there's just something so powerful. And preaching about, it to yourself. Like literally, yeah. mm-hmm. like hearing it. You're not just reading it. You're you're also hearing it. And there's just really something powerful. I like it when my kids walk through the living room and they hear their mom yes, reading scripture come out on. loud. Yeah. It's, come not, on. it's not like, hey, come sit down. But from yes, time to time, yeah. they'll come and sit down <laughs> yes. and listen. I Isn't that great? That. I well, love it's that. Deuteronomy. It's repeat them to your children. It's yeah. write them yes. on the doorposts of your home. Yeah. Like yeah. This, this is, is not this this is an all-encompassing only. situation. Yes. Write it on your walls. Yeah. I mean, now yeah. in Birmingham, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's power in that because yes. first of all, that's the living and active word of God. Yes. And secondly, like that's accountability on yes. your wall. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we see it every day. Every day. I need the reminder. <laughs> yeah. You know? Every day. We, yeah. um, there was a moment about a week and a half ago where there was just some inner family conflict. Mm-hmm. What? Um, like, what? You guys saw that? I'm sorry to hear that. And we actually <laughs> had um, some family in town. And so there was, you know, all the cousins were together yes. and they're very close, which means they love each other very deeply. And they also argue yeah. like siblings do, <laughs> yes. you know, anyway. And so my sister-in-law and I were like, I was like, I think maybe we should just like 
put scripture all over the walls, which felt a little <laughs> passive aggressive, but also she and I were like, yes, like we just needed to like <laughs> gobble it up. So we got post-its, put them all over the wall and the kids walk downstairs and they're like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> just some, the word of the Lord, yeah. yes. you know, like be tender hearted, compassionate. And the funny thing is another. when your eyes see words, you can't resist reading, right? Just yeah. You, yeah. It's right there. It's like a TV on in the room. It's yeah. like, you just see your eyes. Yeah. And it's in your mind over. and in your heart. You know, I remember specifically one of the twins, Gracie, she went through a stage. Do you remember when she had the stage of dreaming all the time that there was a monster in her wall? And this this part's a little bit comical because the monster would always come out and bite her bottom. (laughs) (laughs) That is a really naughty monster. I don't know why that monster's doing that. (laughs) But she would dream it every night. This monster is coming right through this one spot in the wall. And it was just her little act of imagination. And we actually got a sign of a scripture that talked about who God is. And we put it on that spot on the wall. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the monster can't get through the word because the word actually, once that's there, then once the dark hits the light, it's like the light's there. So, Not dark so, anymore. It can, so in her own little mind, it was like, it just was like, oh, I you're right. That's solved. Because that's my, it is. that's my yeah. weapon right there is the word. That's so I'm going to put that there because every time that monster tries to get through it, and I honestly can say she never had that dream again, like wow. ever, because she was like, oh, that's right. I actually have a little protective barrier yeah. right there. And I'm like, as much as that worked for her little mind at like six years of age, why do we not do that? Right. <laughs> right. So it's so funny that physical reminder was just her coming into alignment with the word of God. That's right. I yes. mean, we can. That's awesome. Which is what all- you're doing when you say fear, you don't have a place here. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's what. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, of course, we need to be hearers and then doers of the word. So as we mature, obviously, we have to implement this in our life. But just for the simple faith of a child, which is one of the most innocent mm-hmm. and as Jesus taught us, one of the most beautiful things, yeah. right? Yes. That innocence. Just looking at it on the wall, the mm-hmm. physical word of God, well, sh- her mind is coming in alignment with it. Yeah, and it suddenly fear had to go. And that was yeah. enough, too. Yeah. Like the yes, faith, like yeah. a child, yeah. like, oh, yeah, oh, that makes yeah. sense. He said it, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you guys put this in readings about the Advent because, you know, Advent, like sometimes, you know, how there's nothing more potent and powerful than the Beatitudes, but you know how familiarity sometimes robs us yep. mm-hmm. of the power Absolutely. that's like in those yeah. words. And sometimes we're, I love that you included it in a reading on Adventist because when you think about the expectation, the cultural, you know, the culture that Jesus is speaking to here, mm-hmm. this is so revolutionary. Mm-hmm. It's so counterculture. Mm-hmm. And in the Advent, everything was expectation. Like, when is our deliverance going to come? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When is the answer going to come? Right. And Jesus is about announcement and not just, I'm going to solve your problems. Right. I'm actually bringing a new way of thinking, yeah, a new way of living. I'm actually going to turn the world upside down. Yes. So it's actually the poor that are blessed. Yeah. You know, that message was like revolutionary. A, like, yeah. when, who was saying in that <laughs> day, blessed are the poor? Yes, right. Yes. right? Still and in our, like, you try to put that into our yeah. current date, right? Yeah. How does that, you know, with what we like, the messages that yeah. we attach ourselves to blessed are the poor oh really wow and you think about like blessed are the meek or the peacemakers or the persecuted you look at all of this and it's the upside down kingdom i heard a pastor uh, a friend of ours alex seeley say she called it the upside down kingdom where what jesus announces Mm -hmm. 
is the inverse of what we think. We think, of, okay, uh, we need a powerful ruler now to kick out the Romans. Right, right. Right, because yeah. we're human beings. Like, we want our deliverance. And Jesus comes and presents a kingdom that's completely the inverse. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the merciful. Like, sometimes I read those and I try to ask myself, however familiar this is, have I allowed the potency to yeah. be sort of blunted by the familiarity? Yeah. And then I try to read it again and say, like, what is it actually saying? Mm-hmm. In these words, it's a revolution. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. a complete um, reversal of our value system. And yeah. you ask, okay, how did the Beatitudes um, really contribute to an Advent reading plan? Like, how does that actually, this morning, prepare my heart for the birth of Jesus? And the answer is that on Christmas morning, when you're yes. celebrating and meditating on the birth of God as a baby, you know that that baby is the one who's yes. going to come and turn the kingdom upside down, turn the earth upside yes. down. And he's going to say, verse 11, you are blessed when they insult yes. you mm-hmm. and oh, persecute yes. you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. Like So when we on Christmas morning celebrate baby Jesus being born yes. for all these reasons, one of the reasons is that he's teaching us yes. what the kingdom looks like yes. right. in the way that the world never understood. And yes. we're still trying to understand and yeah. walk in. Yeah. I um, was, you know, we talk about reading what is familiar I loved that John 13 was in this day where um, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Mm -hmm. And the first, like, five verses of this passage, Mm -hmm. it floored me. And I'm going to read it out loud and just see if it happens to you guys too. (laughs) Um, But listen to, like, the phrase that Jesus knew kind of struck me a couple of times. So this is John 13, verse 1. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Mm. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Mm. Like cry face emoji. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, when it was time for supper, the devil, speaking of, Mm -hmm. old scratch, scratch, had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. Mm. And then we know the rest of the story. You know, you go on in verse 11, he knows again, for he knew who would betray him. Mm-hmm. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. Mm-hmm. And just the Jesus posture here, not mm-hmm. only of service, like yeah. this is the kingdom to show us the ways of mm-hmm. the kingdom. This is the way of the kingdom is a servant king. And he says um, in 14, so if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also yeah. ought to wash mm-hmm. one another's feet. For yeah. I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. And that story in the context of there's so much power baked into those first five verses Mm -hmm. of like Jesus' knowledge of like what time it was in the course of the redemption story of like what was happening, that he knew that all the power resided with him and then what he did. So he had all of that power. He Mm -hmm. knew exactly what was happening and where he was going to go. 
And so what did he do? He stood up Mm -hmm. and tied a towel around his waist Mm -hmm. and started washing feet. It just (laughs) blows my mind. And like that faithful love of like, I'm going to endure, like the persecution we just spoke of, like he's going to endure all of this because it's his faithful love. He loved Mm -hmm. them to the end. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, Mm. oh, it just like, it floors me. And that then First Peter, just to cap it off, that <laughs> this is First Peter 2.21, yes. for you were called to this, and that this there, going back to verse 20, is like doing good and suffering, yes. as far as I can tell mm-hmm. from reading the verse before it. You were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. That's just not the example that my human self wants to follow (laughs) or to set. Right. right. And it's Mm -hmm. not the example I would have expected from the king of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's just so upside down. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally opposite. Uh And (laughs) beautiful, like so profoundly beautiful. I like talking with you guys about this because we've only covered one day and I'm like, amen. (laughs) We're good. We're good. And we're done. (laughs) Yeah. And then you just keep rolling and we've got to seek and save the lost. Jesus Christ is born to seek and save the lost. Which, as I was preparing this week for sitting down for this conversation, I think that in a new way and probably the scriptures that we have to read really did this for me. I knew the safe part and it was really sweet in the scriptures to remember the seek part. I think it was really sweet to see Jesus, like the Lord's heart for the poor, for the oppressed. So the Luke passage, um, which it's sort of this big moment where Jesus is in the synagogue and he picks up a scroll from the prophet Isaiah and reads it. And what the scroll said was, and Jesus read, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Mm. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then from Luke, it says, he then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. And then they commence just freaking out, like, wait, but isn't what? this just uh, yeah. Joseph's son? Like, yeah. what's yeah. happening? What yeah. is happening? I don't oh, understand. Oh, my goodness. And oh. I just think that it's so beautifully explicit. There, yeah. there are no uncertain terms that Jesus came. And to be clear, when we talk about that his love for the poor in spirit or the oppressed or um, the lowly, like, that's us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's us. He came for yes. us, not just to save us, but to seek us out. Yes. And those of us who now know him and have experienced the truth, yes. I feel like Amen. I'm in my own life in such a convicted moment of how am I living this out? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how am I living this? Okay, if I would actually go back to the Beatitudes, if I would allow that to permeate my thinking and mm-hmm. my way of living, and even I feel like just in a big C church, we're in a moment right. in time where it's kind of like 
there's all these things that are happening where you're like, we need to go back to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we yeah. need to see what Jesus said about how to live and the example to follow. And then I feel myself going, I have so many people I want to tell yeah. that they need to be living that way. And then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you probably should just start with yourself. Yeah. You should probably yeah. start yeah. with yourself yeah. about the fact that you're not living that way. Yeah. What would happen if you began to just live this out? And it wasn't about feeling like you had to correct a wrong yeah. mm-hmm. or you had to correct a way of thinking or you had to correct yes. that you just started living. Blessed are the humble in spirit. Mm-hmm. Blessed. Like you, you are the ones also supposed yeah. to preach good news to the poor. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go to your neighbor and it doesn't need to be on a stage with a microphone. Yeah. It needs to be like those relationships you're yeah. building. And I think sometimes we get so inward thinking that we actually forget Guys, we're the ones that have the light and the truth. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting next to this Christmas tree and remembering before we hit record, you said this year, we usually put it in this corner of the living yes. room. This year we put it over here yeah. because it is directly <laughs> across from our front door so that yes. it can be seen from yes. outside. And I know that like it, it's for you so that you can yes. see it. But what it also does is yes. it shows light to everybody who drives yes. past your house. Yeah. And that's yes. what we get to do. We get Love to be the analogy. light. Like we are yes. little Christ and that's what we are called to be. Yes. And the world yes. doesn't need a bunch of people going like, hey, you really need to check out these Beatitudes. Yeah. It's going like, what if we yeah. preached these to ourselves? Like what if yeah. the seemingly most, you know, out of right field, Advent scripture, what if we committed as a household or as an individual to memorizing that this Christmas and just going like, if I could just preach this to myself. I could just be like doing this. If I could just tie a towel around my waist. Uh Here's here's what gets me though, is that the questions, there are some prayer prompts and questions in the study book. And the question for this reading day says, Jesus regularly sought out those society rejected. How Mm. has Jesus sought you? How can you demonstrate the radical love of Jesus to the people in your life? And so I, yes to all of that, but here's a thing that I do in my head, (laughs) which is that I can talk my way out of radical love for the sake of the kingdom. And what I mean by that is like, I can worry like, okay, I can show radical love to this person, but what if somebody misunderstands that Yes, Mm -hmm. as me you know, endorsing everything they've ever done or said, Mm -hmm. or even something they're actively doing. And like, that's just not what Jesus did. And I'm very close (laughs) to just saying like, to talk an old scratch and saying like, stop (laughs) talking me out of loving like Jesus. Yes. For fear that, and to be really candid, like for fear that, like that my reputation yes. will be soiled yes. because of association yes. or mm-hmm. even worse, like even scarier to me is that like the reputation of She Reads Truth yeah. right. would be mm-hmm. soiled because of loving like, like it's so loving backwards, like Jesus. Yeah. but that's exactly yeah. how that's what happens yeah, in my brain. We so welcome our, to my brain. We find ourselves in this moment too of just that really, um, being a man pleaser versus a God pleaser. And isn't it funny how when we think about the pleaser, it's like, I actually am having less of a hard time with what the, 
you know, the Bible would, I guess, for lack of a better word, a worldly person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I can, I can love a worldly person. It's the religious that you have such a hard time with because you're like, oh, they're not going to understand my motivation. And then they're going to think yeah. that I'm actually forsaking my faith because mm-hmm. if I love like Jesus, it means it's a radical love. You yeah. gotta, you love people. You don't, again, it's that old saying of you hate the sin, but you love the sinner. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get that a little bit confused where you're trying yeah. to, try to tell somebody you're trying to have behavior modification. Yeah, I feel like yeah. right now in the world, yeah. everyone's trying to have a bit of behavior modification where yeah. you're trying to tell but somebody. But just for each other, not for our own it, selves. It, not for ourselves. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm going to tell you how you have to live. It's yeah. not Jesus that's transforming your heart uh-huh. or your life. It's just a set of rules that yeah. you have to live by mm-hmm. because it makes me more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Or we feel like right? we have to clarify, like, mm-hmm. to be clear, I do hate this sin. Yes. Yeah. But I, <laughs> being I... the humble Christ follower that I am, and going to love the sinner, the sinner of which I am also one. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And exactly. You know how I mentioned the familiarity concept, yeah, like yeah, where yeah. sometimes a label or words, scripture, whatever, mm-hmm. gets blunted in our life because of familiarity. Yep. Mm-hmm. We believe it and we certainly accept it, but it's familiar. I even look at like when we were in Luke, we were reading how you know, Jesus walks into the synagogue and he's handed the scroll of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Well, the actual words he said were very familiar to those religious ears. You're right, yeah. yeah. They were very familiar. And yet he was announcing a revolution. And the words hadn't really penetrated and stayed with them. In fact, the shots that Jesus took, the opposition he faced mm-hmm. yes. was mostly from the people who knew Isaiah really right. well. Right? Man, that's so true. He, yeah. I mean, he was actually, yeah, actually announcing or maybe like the revelation. Moving you know? their lips while he was reading it. Like, yeah, like I know that. Yeah. that, that I know that. Those yeah. And I think about like the word that's very familiar to us: the gospel. Yeah, the gospel is the good news. Yeah. Sometimes, even in our world, I think we forget we have the good news, mm-hmm. and our actual job is to proclaim the good news. Um, I heard a dear pastor friend of mine say this just over the weekend, so it's certainly not my own thought. He said, (laughs) what if we loved our enemies as hard as we lobbied against their beliefs? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stepping on toes over there. Right. And and the idea of the good news of the gospel is Mm -hmm. it's the inclusion. It's to the lost world. It's not to the people who agree with us. It's not to the people who have it all together. In fact, we don't have it all together, but we do have the good news. So I'm thinking about like the announcement of Jesus, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news Mm -hmm. to the poor. Mm -hmm. You know, he is announcing this revolutionary thing, which actually they were very familiar words, but unfamiliar concepts. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I just want, I want to be in the word of God to where the concepts become new. I mean, I know the words, but I want them to become new and take root in my heart, you know? Yeah. So later down in that passage, Bernie, in chapter four, verse 24, this is Jesus kind of responding to them freaking out. And he says something that I had to look up to understand the meaning of it, but it goes right along with what you were saying. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown, but I say to you, there were certainly many widows in Israel in Elijah's day when the sky was shut up for three years and six months while a great famine came over all the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them except a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. And in the prophet Elisha's time, there were many in Israel who had leprosy, and yet not one of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Mm. 
Both of those examples are people who were not in the house of Israel, but were outside of it. Like the radical love went outside of the people of God intentionally. And Jesus sits down in the synagogue and points that out because he's ushering in this, hey, it's going to look a whole lot different. In fact, it always has looked a whole lot different, Mm -hmm. but I need you guys to start seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they chase him to a cliff and plan to throw him off. And he (laughs) literally (laughs) the paragraph. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I love that part. Uh Not to dwell on this too long, but I just love the fact that some of those things that we've read in scripture, this Mm -hmm. chapter, the reading ends with them chasing him to a cliff yes, and wanting to push to him up. It's just not one of the felt board like, stories. Well, no. and, <laughs> and I think what's sometimes what's lost on us is that we think of ourselves as with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the crowd that's actually doing that is the religious establishment. Mm-hmm. They are actually the ones that are so deeply offended by his revolutionary message of love. They're just so deeply offended by him that they literally want to murder him. Yeah. And of course, wow. it's awesome because you know it wasn't time yet and so he walks right through them. Mm-hmm. But it just shows the positional heart posture. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be on the side of the good news and I want to be in that humble posture, yeah. ready yeah. to receive what Jesus said. I don't want to be in that hardened position thinking I have all the answers, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so it, it just, there's little details. Just reading through this, I get like the word of God is just jumping off this page to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the way you guys have put it together. All right, friends, I can't wait to get back to today's episode. But before we do, I want to take a moment to tell you about Food for the Hungry. I've told you before that I personally love the mission of Food for the Hungry because of the work that they're doing around the world. When they enter a community, they listen for the immediate needs in the surrounding area. By partnering with local churches and families and developing local leaders, Thousands of some of the most vulnerable communities are now sustainably thriving through the work of Food for the Hungry. In addition to meeting physical needs, it's also amazing to know that this work is being done with the message of the gospel. And now Food for the Hungry makes it even easier for us to give back. Here's how it works. Text the word FOOD to 484848 to receive daily Advent scriptures and to learn more about how rounding up your spare change can make a real difference. If you choose to round up your spare change, every time you make a purchase, it will be automatically rounded up to the nearest dollar. That extra change will be used to fund the efforts of Food for the Hungry, where they are actively serving some of the most vulnerable children in the world. Okay, you may be asking, can this really make a difference? And the answer is yes. The spare change that you round up will specifically help impact children most affected by the current COVID crisis. It's amazing to see how such a simple thing like our spare change can help with such a complicated issue. So once again, text FOOD to 484848 to receive our daily Advent scripture and to find out how you can give back through Food for the Hungry. Okay, let's get back to the show. I know that we do need to move on, but I can't because <laughs> the story of Zacchaeus oh my word. is, yes. it's a micro, it's the gospel. Yep. Yes. And exactly. it's everything we just said. Can we read it? I don't, yes. we have, so we Wait, have all Bernie, the time in the world. Will you read it? I'd yes. love to. Uh, Jesus visits Zacchaeus. He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. 
So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus. Since he was about to pass that way, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today (laughs) gets me. Today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. Mm. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. (laughs) He's gone in with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. If I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Mm -hmm. Today salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him. Because he too is a son of Abraham, mm. for the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. Mm. Sorry, I'm getting for Clem. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. Same is a son of Abraham. But no, you know, like they're going like, no, no, no. Yeah. No, he is He's clearly our enemy, right? a sinner. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is clearly not what it looks like to be religious. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. he's like, nope, this but is what the way it, we're doing this. But Jesus yeah. changed his life by calling him. First of all, he knew he was in that tree and he was walking by and he just looked up and said, come on. Yeah. Like we got a thing to do. And I always like to do the like background study of the stories that are familiar. And I read this week that um, this is the only time in scripture that that phrase is used, that chief tax collector. You get a lot of tax collectors. Oh, interesting. What does it mean? But he's the chief Chief. tax collector and he's in Jericho and Jericho's on a major trade route. Uh, Balsam trees are big in Jericho, I've learned. Who knew? Hey, <laughs> yeah. Good Listen, the more you that. know. But his business was good yeah. for Zacchaeus. Mm. And he was the chief of the tax collectors. Yes. And I just think that it's sweet that Jesus didn't come just to seek and save the minorly lost, you know. Or, they kind of lost their way. It's like, uh-huh. no, no, no. And, but he knew exactly where he was. Yes. And he said, you, yes. come here. Yeah. You are not too yeah. far gone. Yeah. Like, no matter how far gone you feel yes. or you think you are, I'm going to dine at your house. Yeah, I know what they're going to say about that, and I don't care. I don't care. Well, he says, <laughs> it is necessary yes! for me to stay at your house. Oh, your house. So Ooh, here's the yeah. interesting thing. Jesus knew the implication. That's right. He knew the social implications. He knew the optics, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about optics. Mm-hmm. He knew the optics of going to the chief tax collector's house. And I don't have any problem imagining. I don't want to add to the text, but I have no problem imagining that he knew that the religious eyes were going to see it Mm -hmm. and it was going to be scandalous. It was going to be everything that was sort of the fly in their ointment. It was going to rile them up. Mm -hmm. And the irony is he says it is necessary. Necessary. So I ask, necessary for whom? Mm. Is it necessary for Jesus? Mm -hmm. Is it necessary for Zacchaeus? Mm -hmm. Is it necessary for the people who (laughs) saw the optics of him going to visit and dine with the chief sinner. We yeah. can actually put in there mm-hmm. chief sinner yeah. because in their culture, That's right. he was public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was working for the Romans, mm-hmm. collecting taxes from the Jews. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was like the chief yes. cheater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. and stealer. Mm-hmm. And the in, chief injustice meanwhile, guy. <laughs> meanwhile, we go back to this question yeah. in the study book for this day, like how am I demonstrating the radical love of Jesus? And what the radical love of Jesus does not involve is a bunch of calculating. Like the opposite of this kind of, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I want to love this person, but, oh, here's all the fallout. Then, you know, and Mm -hmm. like that actually motivated Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't know. That's that's a really great point. Yeah. What we do know, I don't know if that motivated him. What we do know is that he went out of his way, Mm -hmm. right, to seek the marginalized 
and the sinners Mm -hmm. and us and me and Amanda. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, I'm like, like not only am I going to have to go to my way, but also it's going to look really bad. This is the kicker. And it's going to like tarnish my witness for the Lord. Mm, What? what? Mm -hmm. No. We may have to talk about this more later. I've never loved the story of Zacchaeus more. I mean, honestly, (laughs) like it's just when you camp out on a story like that and you really dig in. Also, the word is living and active and it's really piercing today. It's beautiful. I'm I'm thankful for that. Did you sing that song in Sunday school? Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) I'm like, do we think sometimes we called him a wee little man? (laughs) (laughs) No wonder he had a Napoleon complex. He was a short man. He was. I just I I think that like we were talking about revolutionary love concepts and announcement of a kingdom and Mm -hmm. what Advent is, and this is another example of the of the opposite or upside down Mm -hmm. value system. We call it a kingdom. We can call it a value system. We can call it whatever Mm -hmm. we want. Jesus says whatever you value and what you think, it actually doesn't matter in eternity. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and I'm going to this guy. I'm going to be seen with him. I'm actually going to be seen like breaking bread. I'm going to spend quite a bit of time with him. And we actually, sometimes we miss too the fact that the scandal is that he goes and he eats with them. Yeah. Because in that culture, yeah. it's a show mm-hmm. of community. Mm-hmm. It's actually a show of embrace. Like mm-hmm. these are my people. Yeah. Yes. So like I might have someone, and we think like this in our world all the time, what are the optics yeah. of me reaching mm-hmm. out and associating with that person? That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What are the optics of that? And Jesus apparently doesn't care about the optics. He literally, the radical love yeah, is, exactly is right. way more important. Yeah. It's convicting to me, actually. It's yeah. very convicting, and it makes me want to weep mm-hmm. with just like a repentant heart of just being like, that is not, I care so much more about the optics than Or even if we said the, person. the yeah. optics of to the world or the optics to our Savior. Our creator. Yeah, let's flip that. Are we caring about those optics? Right. You know? And we understand that what he sees when he looks at us is the blood. We're covered by the blood of Christ. That we know. But how are we living unto him? He's also holy. Yeah. And he's called us to be like him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of him. Here's the thing that I love about Jesus and about his ministry and that he came. The one thing. It better be good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. No, there's so much more. But um, we keep thinking a good thought, and then Jesus shows us something even better. Yeah. Um, and so even when we're looking at, you know, the Beatitudes or Jesus coming to seek and save the semi-lost, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. And But there's something even better, something like earth-shattering. And you yes. even said that our next reading day, day 11, is Jesus Christ was born to reign as king forever. And our first reading for that day is from 2 Samuel. And just a little bit before, like in the context of 2 Samuel 7, a little bit before our reading begins, King David is talking to the prophet Nathan, and he's going like, well, goodness, I live in this beautiful house of cedar, and um, God lives in a tent. Like, this isn't right. Like, I should build a house for God. This is what I'd like to do. And I think I can do this for God, and I can make him something nicer than what he has. So that's kind of where we pick up in Second Samuel, and it's this, like, even better moment because, you know, Nathan says, you know, well, you know. And so in verse 8, it says, So now this is what you're to say to my servant David. This is God talking to Nathan. 
This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you. I will make a great name for you, like that of the greatest on the earth. I will designate a place for my people Israel and plant them so that they may live and not be disturbed again. Evildoers will not continue to oppress them as they have done ever since the day I ordered judges to be over my people. I will give you rest from all your enemies. And then this is really the even better moment. The Lord declares to you, the Lord himself will make a place for you. When your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up after you, your descendant, who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. We're talking about Jesus here. He will be the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I have five exclamation points next to that (laughs) in my margin. It's this like, you know, David's thinking kind of minor picture, like, well, you know, our residences, it's just not fair. Yes. I think that God needs a better house, you know, now that my house is so nice. (laughs) And the Lord's like, okay, thanks. But I have something even better in store. I'm going to come from your body. Your descendant will be the one who will reign as king forever. And the house that I will build is a body and a man who will die and save people from their sin. So when we say that Jesus Christ was born to reign as king forever. It's just even better. Which means he's alive. And he's alive right now, reigning as king today on this day we record, on the day that y'all are listening to this. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's been established forever. And I love the poignant point you made about how we're thinking a thought and we think we're starting off at maybe a noble place or something that would even, we see it as in alignment with something, a godly principle. And then God takes our eyes away from the fight feet in front of us and says, no, look what I'm building. Yeah. Yeah. Look what I'm doing. I'm establishing something that can't be torn down. And you're invited to participate in it. Right. But come along. Yeah. Yeah. This is coming from me. This is coming from a place like, come along, let's do this. This is going. It has been and it will be. (laughs) And it is. Yeah. 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 That is so cool. And even tomorrow, the next day is to bring God's kingdom to earth. We get Revelation 11 15. The seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. And we get John 18, 36, and my kingdom. And you're trying kingdom. not to sing Handel right now. Right. I'm, I'm, oh, I've got Handel in my mind. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, I bet we could break out some harmonies right now yeah. and do that. Yeah. Um, John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. <gasps> Listen yeah. to that. Oh, if I my mean, kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. I'm not from here, you guys. I'm here, but I'm not from here. Isn't it amazing how it's like in every, this, when it was spoken in that moment, it's like, we all still need to keep learning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like almost like history repeats itself. You hear that? You're like, oh, here we are again. Mm -hmm. And if there was ever a moment in my lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, we're living in it right now where we all need to remember, wait, guys, we're all caught up in the things of this world. We're Mm -hmm. all caught up in all of these things that some of them are important Mm -hmm. in this moment, but they're not the utmost. Yeah. They're not the most. Most important. Like our king is 
isn't in an office or in a chair mm-hmm. or he's on a throne and yeah. it's forever yes, and ever and ever. And when you remember that, I just feel like, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. We get scared. Things can feel like they're a little upside down, a little bit like uncertain, but he's always certain, yeah. always yeah. certain. And it's just, and it doesn't settles excuse, you. It doesn't give us a, you know, get out of jail free card. Like, oh, well, don't have to worry about anything. It right. actually motivates us. Yes. It just light a fire yes. in us to pursue the things that yes. Jesus pursues and yes. the people that Jesus pursues. I mean, I yes. don't feel like we can sit on these sofas right now and not acknowledge, like, we have a song that Natalie gave us. <laughs> she did. She gave us a gift. Well, the king of the world and probably everyone listening has heard this song because it is just a mm. global favorite. Um, and I know that we're not singing it today because we're going to do a Christmas song after this. <laughs> we're going to link it in show notes and like you guys run yeah. and go listen to that because I honestly think that coming out of this conversation about him coming to reign as king forever yeah. and like bringing mm. his kingdom to earth, like how did I forget? How did You've I forget? always been. The king you're, of the world. You're, all, yeah. you're always on the throne. So in Hebrews 2, there's this passage starting in verse mm. 14 that addresses this of like of who Jesus is and how he can be our you know, merciful and faithful high priest. So in verse 14, now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death. Mm -hmm. That is the devil and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's Mm -hmm. offspring. Mm -hmm. Therefore he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way Mm -hmm. so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God to make atonement for the sins of the people. Mm. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are Mm. tempted. So that is our friend, Mm. right? That's our friend and confidant, Jesus. And then just look at the other side of the page, Revelation 12. I mean, Natalie, will you read it? I want you to read it. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they did not love their lives to the point of death. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea because the death devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows his time is short. He's so mad about it. Oh, it makes you want to run up so and down mad. the aisles. His time is short. Yes. yes. And this verse 11, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and, and by, by the, the word, word of their testimony. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Just high fives. All yes. around the room. <laughs> so, so when we get to Christmas Day, yes, and when we say Jesus Christ was born for this, even the five little topics that. that we talked, he was born <laughs> to do that. Yes. And so how special is Christmas morning? I mean, when you celebrate a baby in a manger who came to do all of that and more. I feel like we should institute like a new Christmas tradition where, you know how like when you're starting like a football game and you yes. run through and everybody's like, high five. Yes. I feel like that needs to be Christmas morning. Yeah. It's like, yes. yeah. 
But yes, like when we cause, did it, because Natalie's about to sing Silent Night for us. Mm. And it's such, I mean, it's such a favorite. Mm. But when you think about the Silent Night in the terms yes. of what is happening in eternity, the yes. cosmic everything that's Story. happening. Yes. And this tiny baby. Tiny little baby. In a humble. It's such a humble yeah. spot. It's just, and when I think of And Silent it is such night, a holy night. Mm-hmm. It is. And when you mm-hmm. think about, it's like the perfect lullaby, right? Mm-hmm. You're singing Sleep in Heavenly Peace. But even last night we were talking about this song, knowing we were going to sing it for you guys today. And I just thought, you know, isn't it beautiful that because of him, we can sleep in peace. Yeah. Amen. We can sleep. Mm-hmm. We can rest in the midst of everything that's happening. We can still have rest for our souls. Yeah. That and is Christmas. In the midst of the battle that we're talking about, mm-hmm. where we have the sword mm-hmm. of the spirit and the word, and and that we yes. also get to rest yes. in him. Mm. You sing it for us. Yes. <laughs>
You, you, it's so funny because you can be in the word and yet it doesn't matter how much you know it. Yep. Something, yeah. It's always something new. Always. There's always something new. I know. Like, I don't want to forget that thing it's that exciting. you guys just highlighted. I got to go. I got to yeah. underline it's right exciting. now. I'm like, Pens. And it's oh. why we need each other. It's why. It's <sighs> one of the reasons that we, I don't think we really understood what we were doing when we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But now that we're <laughs> yes. 50-ish episodes in, we're like, oh, I'm suddenly very passionate about this because I didn't realize the power, not only in like what, you know, the four of us, like being able to like learn from one another and, and talk together and encourage and, you know, edify one another. (laughs) But it's like, it also to just model that, that like, guys, Mm. this is the living and active word. We didn't... Any grab any believers, sit down, open your Bibles together yeah. and read yes. yeah. and marvel and ask questions and confess. Yes. Like that's none of the us word none of, the of us in this room that I know of has a degree or like nope. a seminary degree. That was so close. <laughs> nope. Uh, so close. Amanda's so close. Uh, but we're we're four believers who are submitting ourselves to the yes. word of God and committed to reading it and being disciples of Christ. Yeah. And we're yeah. sitting down and just having a conversation. And it's the word of the testimony. Yeah. Like we're walking away from this conversation encouraged and really what we're doing in this podcast is not even being teachers we're just modeling what a conversation oh i love that among believers is centered around the word of god and i hope that this is happening in living rooms all over the world right because you're going to leave the conversation going i'm so full because that's what's happened to me right now i'm like this is the word is food it feeds feeds. you Mm -hmm. and you feel so full yeah like this conversation has just filled me up (laughs) it's interesting how like there's so many sources of input that are vying for our attention Mm -hmm. yeah right and the vast majority it's, it's not all bad but the vast majority of them have some element of distortion yeah. Yeah. of the world system coming mm-hmm. at us. You turn on the TV and it's just like, you know, pick your poison, right? Yeah. Or whether it's entertainment or social media or all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then you open the Word of God, which has been around for centuries, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. it is alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you suddenly, mm-hmm. you, and sometimes <laughs> and like, when changed. I realize, yeah. like, oh, I've had way too much cable news right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> oh, uh, suddenly, like, this is like after eating junk food, and then suddenly you sit down to a really healthy yeah. meal again, and you're yeah. like, yeah. Good plate oh, of clean yes. food. Yeah. Clean, this is what so clean good. tastes like. You know? yeah. like so good. Yeah. 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 Oh, I had so many um, good Christmassy questions for you guys. <laughs> because here's the thing. The wonderful thing about Natalie and Bernie mm-hmm. is that they grew up, not actually, like, in different countries. Yes. Um, and yeah. so that's cool. But, like, Bernie... You grew up in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear Christmas traditions from you. <laughs> because that, like, just from like friendship yes. with the two of you, like, I know that like, it was actually kind of common to ice skate to school. Well, what? Well, actually... Uh, <laughs> and plug in your car. Some, sometime, yeah, you have like parking lots where you have, you know, for each four parking spaces, you have an actual... Not plug thing it in where because you, it's you, uh, fuel efficient. No, <laughs> plug it in because... You plug in these engine block heaters. Oh, because yeah, so you don't want the fuel line to freeze. You don't want like so. <laughs> Where so, in Canada? Remind me. Uh, well, I grew up in Edmonton. Okay, yeah. Um, I was there for ten years, and it's one of the coldest cities in North America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Vladivostok, Russia, and Edmonton, Alberta. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I sort of made that up, but very, kind of not. Very, like a, you very. know, I you know minus thirty winters, and you know, unfortunately, I know what minus forty two is. You know what that feels I, you know like. You know what that is. And this is the is no, a really you. bit of trivia you probably don't want. Minus 42 Celsius and minus 42 Fahrenheit is where the scales meet. They're oh, the same. Okay. So I only that's, know so that because really I have been in that. Oh, <laughs> oh that's cold. No. All that to say is, uh, yeah, I don't know, Canadian traditions. Actually, I you have am, more from, German I am from a German background. Right. Yeah. And so our sort of... Because Gift Bernie giving. is short for... Bernhardt. That's right. <laughs> the way he says it even. I know, I love it. I just wanted to hear him say it. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, we actually celebrated the gift-giving aspect on Christmas Eve. Okay. That's yeah, a German do, tradition. Do it Christmas morning. And is that specific to the Herms family or is that generally Canadian? That's a German, German tradition. tradition. Oh, German tradition. Yeah. Which is okay. interesting because they, yeah. didn't, they didn't do stockings. You guys did yeah. Christmas plates. We did Christmas plates. And so what my Isn't mom would do is yes. it would be this assortment of whether it was German shortbread or um, like, you know. <laughs> and like, an orange. There's always know, an orange on the there. The dark always. European chocolate and the marzipan. Yeah. And all this like sort of these European confections, you know. Mm-hmm. And then hazelnuts and like just little treats. That for us was the Christmas plate yeah the Christmas, Christmas plate, plate. Yeah. they'd wake so, up to a plate of treats oh, treat. instead yeah. of it being a stocking do yeah. you guys do that now we do stockings <laughs> we, do, we, do, we do stockings alright well I understand that we need to wrap but goodness y'all are the best oh, I think I could have done no, like guys, three more hours thank you for letting us yeah, this is so uh, fun. be a it's part of this so conversation with you fun. what a gift for oh, us cool. today well next week we will be joined by our friend Jillian Edwards Yay. we're so excited to get cool. to chat with her and then for Christmas week uh, Drew and Ellie Holcomb will be joining oh, us oh love them and so we're excited <laughs> to get yes. to chat it really Christmas just feels like an excuse to see friends to see friends I love it. Um, I have a benediction for us as we go. And if it's okay, it's not from scripture, but it is from a song based on scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, It's from the carol, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, which is one of my favorites. And this is um, from the first verse. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release Mm -hmm. us. Let us find our rest in thee. Mm -hmm. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. That's our Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I love that. All right. Y'all, we will see you next week. Um, but until then, Natalie and Bernie, <laughs> what do we say? Keep, Keep opening, opening your, your Bibles. Bibles. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleigh song tonight. Oh, Jesus.